3: Welcome to the Seminole Wrap Podcast here on a Monday, a, a final game week Monday of the regular season. Uh, apologies for that. You know, schedules, holidays, all the things. we will be a day late, but that's okay. I think you guys will take it on another win, another Victory Monday podcast. It's Florida State 45, 38 over Florida. Finished the year nine and three. A uh, interesting way to get to a shootout, I guess, in this type of game, but they did it. They won. And I think if you are a Florida State fan, you cannot be anything but thrilled with how this year has gone, the way you closed out the season, and everything in between. So lots to get into with that, where they might be headed for this bowl game, all that coming up here. I'm Brian Pellerin, John Marchant, Max Escarpio here as well. Guys, um, I don't really know if there's anywhere better to start, but boy, it feels good beating
0: Florida, huh, Max? State champions. Got you, man, <laughs> and then you got Florida. I mean, what else can you ask for if you're a NOL fan?
3: Yeah, it's a pretty great feeling, right? To just, you you absolutely thumped one. And then, uh, John, I mean, Florida put up a pretty good fight, I think, um, for all things considered. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't wasn't really quite super close to enough, I don't think.
1: No, it wasn't. Um, I mean, going into the game, I thought that Florida would not have a chance if they didn't run Anthony Richardson. Uh, I didn't think that their one and only really good receiver would smoke Florida State for like 160 yards and two touchdowns to open the game. Well, um, yeah, I mean, Florida's offensive line pretty much whipped FSU's defensive front uh, for most of the, uh, most of the game. Um, I think their real issues <laughs> were really that uh, Billy Napier just stopped calling run plays when they came out in the third quarter. And then by the time he started again, they had a two touchdown deficit to, to the null. So uh, shout out to Billy Napier for his horrible play calling. <laughs> I, I very much appreciate it. Um, you know, there's there's some concerning things, but they they responded the way that you want them to, and they closed out a fantastic and very fun season uh in a, a perfect fashion.
3: Yeah, and and I I was talking about it with some friends uh over the weekend because uh obviously uh, me and a, a bunch of my friends are LSU guys and we do uh picks every week. And I was one of the handful that took Florida State in this one on I think it was uh, 11 and a half or or nine and a half, something like that. And they were like, man, that's just too big of a number, whatever it is. And I was like, I'm telling you guys, Jordan Travis is better than Anthony Richardson. He just is. I I don't know how else to tell you around it. And obviously the number didn't fall in my favor there, but um, you know, Jordan doesn't have the passing numbers. And I think we could get into like kind of why there, I think most of it was the receivers somehow just went back to not being able to catch, but uh, he made every play he needed to, to win this game
1: yeah Travis was magical or it's like how Norbell put it after the game he was really, really special.
0: I think Travis is at a point now where it doesn't matter what team he's going to face. He's putting the ball in the end zone. he's getting the he's getting seven points or six points on the board. doesn't matter what defense he's facing, whether it's his running ability or his passing ability. there's just he has that that kind of flow or that smoothness in his game that you see other quarterbacks have that he's just he's just super comfortable out there
3: yeah it was really impressive because i mean again if you look at the number it's 13 for 30 but 270 i mean that's a big yardage number and john i saw you nod it when i said it but it just felt like the receivers kept letting him down all game oh they
1: were bad i i don't think that there was a chance, you know, if, if Johnny Wilson came out and it was absolutely spectacular under the lights, you know, maybe he jumped to the NFL, he still might. I don't think that he should now after that kind of game. That's just, he was terrible up until about the fourth quarter. And then he he has two ridiculous, spectacular catches uh, right in critical moments when he needed him to. But for most of the game, I mean, they dropped the ball. I, th- I think Florida State receivers in total had, what, five or six drops in the first half or first three quarters, something like that they were they were overall very bad for a unit that has been excellent all year so that was really disappointing um and i think it really contributed to florida state's failure to like there was a moment there in the beginning where maybe you could have uh put florida away earlier gone up by enough points that maybe they start to be like eh, who cares right we're six and whatever uh but that didn't happen and you kept florida, florida in the game for for most of the um most of the game you know, it was really really close contested contest but yeah I put a lot out on the receivers and then again um FSU's defensive front kind of getting whipped for most of the game
0: it's just with those receivers that I saw is that a lot of those balls were just that they, they needed to be catched it like it wasn't just situations where you were you were in a bad place with the cornerback or you were in a bad read like that they needed to be catches and even those catches in the fourth quarter with Johnny Wilson on third down, I think he puts himself into a situation sometimes having so much speed for that size, having like that tall manner with their wingspan or whatever he has. He puts himself in situations where the corners are just too, like the separation that he gets definitely needs to be worked on in my opinion, because he should have, like he should have gotten that touchdown in the first quarter and he shouldn't be able to – he shouldn't be, like, working through that like he did with those two catches.
3: Yeah, and I don't want to harp on the negatives, but I guess I – you know, talking into it and coming into this game, and and I talked about it, I guess, two weeks ago, that that someone had commented on our podcast, we were too dismissive, and, you know, this team needs to respect their opponents and they can always have steps back. And I was like, personally, with Jordan Travis in the run game, I just don't see that being a thing. And uh, the receiving core did seem to take that step back, just one game i mean it's not to mean like permanently they're not going to be good or whatever but it felt like the team last year but I, I guess in that same vein the difference was your confidence in the quarterback and that run game which is what we were talking about right and you know john when it comes down to it i think this was florida's a game i don't think if florida could have played a better game for the way that they've played all season and you just took it right in the mouth and punched them right back with it even when you didn't have maybe your best
1: I have to, yeah, you'd have to absolutely agree with that. I do want to say real quick too, is the running game, uh, the receivers do contribute to the running game and the running game has been so good this year And plus against Florida because of the uh, wide receivers blocking their tails off. So even though in the pass catching arena, they, they were a disappointment uh, on, on Friday night, they did excellent uh, blocking Florida's DBs in the run game. So, but yes, to answer your question. Um, yes. Uh, Florida state. um Oh my God, I forgot your question. They took
3: Florida's best shot. That was the best Florida could have played and you didn't even give your their best and you still still were able to handle them pretty easily.
1: Thank you. Yes, you did not get Vandy Anthony Richardson. You got Anthony Richardson who played, you know, in certain games played extremely well um, and some of the wins that they had you again you you could have gotten the vandy anthony richardson and florida state wins by three or four touchdowns that didn't happen you got ridiculous heisman contender anthony richardson the one that we saw the first first game of the year against kentucky or or whoever but i know they lost that game too uh but anyway they (laughs) utah oh yeah utah thank you yeah he smoked utah that's that's the anthony richardson that we got because of course right we got same thing with dj from clemson we got good dj which after our game he was terrible for the rest of the year so um for the most part so it's just how it goes when you're florida state um but yeah i mean florida came out punched him in the mouth even when florida state went up two touchdowns in the third quarter i thought maybe florida would lay down and quit and they punched back and then to florida state's credit they punched back again and they were the last one to get the haymaker in and that was the deciding factor
3: yeah, I don't think there's anything you could generally just sit back and complain about when you look at the game. Um, I mean, you you even gave up the early turnover, um, and it didn't really matter much. You kind of quick responded to it. You gave up the early touchdown as well. Uh, the, the, you know, I guess you scored and they, they quick strike right back at you. Um, you know, I mean, I, I just felt like this was a whole microcosm of their season if we really want to, you know, write, write it like a poem. But You know, it just felt like this was a team that had found what they were capable of doing. Jordan, Travis took a step. They found Trey Benson as a guy you can just absolutely lean on in any circumstance. And he is just a workhorse. And I don't think you could be happier with his his evolution as the year went along. And and you stayed true to who you were and you found it. And, you know, I think if you're a Florida State fan with the way this season unfolded, it's hard to believe... uh, that, that you end up at nine wins. I think even at the bye week, we all sat here and talked about how you, we expected kind of four. Uh, it's just really impressive to, and again, like, like we said, you know, you got hit with, with the Heisman level, Anthony Richardson, and you were still able to handle that. Um, you know, y- you handled every team that you probably should have on your schedule. And and that's, that's a hell of a way to go. Right, Max?
0: Yeah. And I think one of the best things in that game was that that defense played probably one of the worst halves we've seen in that first half that we've seen this season and first state's been known for their defense kind of for a while and they haven't been known for that. Obviously, other than this season have been known for that explosive offense or that when you need a touchdown you'll get a touchdown. So you see the improvement throughout the entire roster of when your strengths or what's supposed to be your strengths are down. Other other things can get up because Florida could have had a a big lead with not a big lead, but I guess like a a 10, 14 point lead without the defense was playing. But that didn't happen with the offense and and Jordan Travis.
3: It's funny because as close as the game was, I'm looking at ESPN's win probability from like throughout the game. It looks like it never crossed 50 percent it looks like it was all the way in Florida state's favor. The entire, yeah, the closest it got was 50.2% in the second quarter. So it, it, yeah, I mean, even, even in a close game, you still, you know, it never really wasn't, I guess, in doubt, obviously they tied at the end, but even then they still got it at like a 70% chance for Florida state to win. Uh, Just wildly different than I think where we would have been a year ago, John.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, they won this game because of the, again, to Max's point because of the offense, uh, the, yeah, the defense overall was disappointing. Uh, it was good game plans, uh, uh, game plan by by Florida. Um, I, they, you know, again, Richardson played lights out for much of the thing. Uh, it was just, I mean, it was a good job by them. But I, the the uh, go ahead, Max.
0: I just think I just think to your point is what you guys were saying before is that I looked at the grades, I looked at how their offensive line played, how their running game played, how that receiver played, and just like you guys said. They definitely got the best of them because those two, they had a guard and an offensive tackle who played their best game throughout the entire season. They had two running backs who just bulldozed them and ran however they wanted. One of them was a true freshman. So, yeah, you got their best team. You you got their best game of an SEC team and still came out with the win.
1: Right. And you're and right. And it was against a rival. And I think one reason why this win was so sweet is not just Florida is not just, you know, running the table undefeated after a three game losing streak where, you know, maybe the season could have spiraled out of control. It's, it's the offense buckled up and just dominated an opposing defense after this season where we lost games like the North Carolina state game, because they could not even manage a field goal in the second half. Right. And they're trading punches and haymakers back and forth with Florida Uh, who is, you know, I would argue is more talented overall um, than North Carolina State, certainly. So it it was just really, really fantastic to see. It's kind of a, I don't know. I don't want to get too ridiculous. It was a virtuoso performance. It was absolutely masterclass by Jordan Travis. Uh, Again, at times where things didn't go well, he just put it in his own hands and carried the entire team. Right. Literally the I mean, not literally, you know what I'm saying, but figuratively, he, he cared not just the offense, but the entire defense, too. So and I do want to address the issue of the defense. I mean, I was criticizing Fuller, too. I, I don't want people though, to this narrative kind of get spin out of control, whether or not Norvell keeps out of Fuller or not. Fuller did a pretty good job all year. Right. And there might be a narrative out there that against the best offenses you face, the defense was bad. Right. But, you know, there's a couple of things I want people to keep in mind. First of all, you know, Florida State overall has a 35% blue chip percentage, right? A lot of your best offenses that you faced while you're, are closer to 50% or higher, right? I think Clemson was something like 55 or 60%. Florida, I think they're, they're at 55% blue chip. So, yeah, I mean, the best offenses you face are probably going to be overall more talented than you are. Um, now, there was a game or two here this season that I thought Adam Fuller was getting game planned. Um, or out-schemed I thought the Florida game was one of those but it's never one or the other it's not just all uh Adam Fuller's fault or all the talent it's a kind of a mixture of both so I don't want people to get out of of control or you know kind of spin it you know how people do um I I, again I was disappointed with Fuller's game plan I do think Florida out-schemed him in the beginning but you know credit to him they made halftime adjustments that kind of took Pearsall out of the game right uh schemed him out kind of kind of boxed him out um, it didn't leave a whole lot much. And then again, too, you got more, a lot better early downs in the second half. And it stopped. It, well, what it did is it got Florida into behind the chains, right? Third, second and third and long. And whenever you got Anthony Richardson in the third and long, that's when they really struggled. Right. Especially when he took Pierce all out of the game. So I do want to give Fuller some credit. I know, you know, Florida came back and tied the game, but they really did a much better job in the second half um again you know are there better dcs out there than adam fuller yes there are but again he's still got a 35 percent blue chip talent level that he's working with so there's
0: only so much you can do yeah and on the defensive side they weren't missing much but i wanted to ask you guys because akeem dent was out just i mean shine played a a good game in the second half but I, i guess they were just miscommunication they weren't really like i guess meshing with each other in the first half. Do you think that has something to do with how the receivers played there in the first half?
1: Of course it did. And again, to your point, Brown kind of found himself in the second half. But in the first half, you could tell Florida was picking on on him, right? Because Dent started so much this year. You know, a lot of the kids, uh, other kids behind him, didn't get as much burn until, like, you know, this last four-game stretch. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they attacked his Dent's backup. With Pearsall, the first half and it worked, uh, but again, you know, credit to Brown, kind of grew up It's a tough situation. He got better as the game got on, and, and you know, coaches did a little bit more to help him out, things like that. Um, you know, it it was unfortunate too because you know Florida was running, 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 and you wanted, you know, I was criticizing Florida, why are you saying at two high safeties when you should walk one of them down, right, and help stop the running game? He wouldn't do that, and Florida's just running all over you, but you know. <laughs> The second you do that, you know, he (coughs) schemes something up against your backup safety and things like that. So it was a really fun kind of chess match um, on on Friday night. Uh, Hopefully people didn't miss. uh, But, you know, Florida State came on top. That's all that matters.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't really have much to add. I mean, yeah, I think you kind of hit it all right on the head. I mean, that's where they started giving up the the deeper shots and uh, the quick strikes. And, yeah, I mean. I pretty much summed it up outside of that a couple of other things that that I thought kind of bubbled in, and I love having these kind of uh interesting little fodder things about the game um I, I have my thoughts on rushing the field but Max rushing the field yes or no
0: I guess I didn't get to be there so no <laughs> because I, I had the the FOMO as a student but I, <laughs> I don't think. Just so wait, like,
3: wait, wait. Hold on. So you weren't you weren't at the game at all, or you didn't get to rush the field because you weren't covering the game? Because you
0: were covering. Yeah, the game? I was covering. I was covering the game. So I, I mean, I saw some of my friends just just jump over, and <laughs> I don't. To that point, though, it's just like a lot of people are saying it's not beating the six win team. It's not just like <sighs> barely beating a, a team that that's going to a bowl, but not not a great bowl or something like that. It's just. It's just the fact that Florida State has been down for so long and then you win that state championship, you end the season on five straight wins. It's just that's just a fact that that I guess I can't say Florida State's back, but you can see that it's clearly coming back and the the table's turning.
3: I love that because I had the same thing happen to me at, at LSU my senior year with they stormed the field when I was covering the game. John, what you got? Yes or no? Uh, absolutely
1: 100%. Of course. Well, okay, Max is absolutely right saying it wasn't just about this game, it was about uh not even this season, the last several seasons of Florida State football. Again, they went five and seven last year, they only won three games the year before that. So, uh, it was a hundred percent about that, about like again, this kind of magical season culminating over beating your rival in a thrilling game at home, uh, where Jordan Travis, your QB, was just absolutely lights out, unconscious. and uh, I, again, I, I don't, a lot of people get upset when, when kids storm the field. I think it's fantastic. I think it's always fun. I did hear that the, you know, the booster sent out an email saying they had prepared for that. Right. I think they had a bunch of cops yeah. swarm the field also to protect the goalposts. So they kind of knew and expected it to happen. Uh, and I'm glad that they let them that, that's I, what college football is all about that. No one storms the field in the NFL. Right. There's a re there's a reason. Uh, but uh, I, I think, that kind of magic is lost in in the professional league that you get here when when kids, you know, on the field with the players when they're all celebrating. And I, I whether there's confetti or not, I imagine that there's confetti and fireworks <laughs> going off. It's just incredible.
0: I heard before the game, I heard it from fans. I heard it from people walking around. I also heard it from kind of people that worked at the stadium that they're going to be ready for a field rush. I didn't even think about that going into the game. I, I guess I just – Looking at both records, seeing something like that, I didn't see that they were gonna just rush the field. I saw them have extra cops outside end zone, close to where it was. When I saw it, I think they had, I think they had somewhere close to fourteen or fifteen cops surrounding the the goalpost, which was hilarious to me because they didn't care about anything but the goalpost. But I know that there was there was definitely a plan to rush the field if they won. Oh.
3: Well, here's the deal, right? I'm very team yes on rushing the field. And as John said, it, it's it's truly college football. And I don't believe you should Clemson rush it every game so you can have pizza parties on the field or whatever it is that Dabo does. Right. That's 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 lame. You have a reason, and I think Florida State has a reason. As you
0: guys have already I mean, alluded to. When's the last time it happened? When's the last time it happened? You you see that it's just turning around now. So it's not like it's that. Well, and next, right? The question after the game where, where, how do you feel? They asked the players, how do you feel about helping the fans or kind of lifting the fans up to be able to rush the field? Cause the last time it happened was before you were born to all the players. So it doesn't happen often.
1: Right. Was like, they didn't do it against Miami in like 2010 or 21 of those games. They won 2012. No. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
3: <laughs> well, so there's the thing, right? And, and now and the first people to go are not the guy sitting like in, in the booster seats. It's not the guy with his kids. Like he's not the first one over the railing. It's Max. It's Max and his boys who are like <laughs> 19, 20, 21. Right. It's, it's the dudes who sit next to Jordan Travis in art class or, or advanced history or whatever like those are students that they, they are part of the university those are their classmates their neighbors their friends get out there yes of course if you're if you're upset by it I don't know what to tell you I just don't know what to tell you when did you want it when did you want to save it I, I don't get it if you want to enjoy the year enjoy the year enjoy the team celebrate it those kids went home thrilled and I think anyone who was there would have a great time celebrating this team and, and the year that they've accomplished Yes, it's not about beating Florida. It's about accomplishing the nine-win season when no one thought you'd even get close to that. Well, I guess Perry did, but I'm not going to give him credit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we don't do that here.
3: Yeah, we don't do that here. Well, actually, unfortunately, my next topic also comes from Perry, but that's because he was texting me about it. And uh, this tweet, these couple of tweets ended up in my timeline from a a Gators fan that uh, we, we both used to work with. Uh, and ben Murphy, who had tweeted, based on today's game, I feel very comfortable over the next decade of Norvell versus Napier. Um, he said, I say decade because Florida State doesn't have enough alumni cash to get rid of Norvell four mediocre years from now. Leftovers, Mullins roster almost did it anyways today. Future bright for UF. Um, John, I'll go to you first, man. I think you're mm-hmm. the uh, roster construction guy. Uh, what did you take? And I don't want to just focus this on Napier or Norvell or, or just Ben's tweet, because Ben was the definition of tweeting through it on Friday <laughs> night. Um, what do you take from year one of um, Norvell versus the two new in-state coaches? I, I brought it up on the post-Miami show. You now have the uh, post-Florida show to understand kind of the Napier-Norvell dynamic. Uh, Obviously, those teams are likely to change a lot this offseason as kind of free agency hits. But uh, kind of what is your perspective of of where these three, two, whatever you'd like to take it, programs kind of sit coach versus coach?
1: Um, Okay, excellent questions. First of all, I'm jealous of that guy's ability. Um, He is clearly a 10 time Olympic mental gymnastics gold medalist congratulations to him on being the uh, in the olympic hall of fame uh is truly breathtaking how far he spun that around the answer to your question is i can't get over what he said i'm sorry i can't that's the yeah, one of the most well. ridiculous things i've ever heard uh <laughs> to use that game in particular it tells me one you didn't watch the game <laughs> And two, you haven't paid any attention to Florida State for the last three seasons or even the last two seasons or even this season. Um, where I'm at with this this thing is, yes, Norvell's <laughs> high school recruiting. I've, I can't I can't wrap my head around it. I can't. It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. It's what Twitter is for. Uh, <laughs> I, if, I would be surprised if he paid for one of those blue check marks. Yeah. Um, Because, wow, I I just want to soak in the rays of his massive brain power. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop picking up. Okay, to answer your question. (laughs) We don't really know the answer, right? Yes, I believe that Norvell has to get better at, at recruiting high school kids. This is the type of season that we talked about you needed to have. You know, we talked about before the season started, they kicked off against Duquesne. This is the season that you needed to have in order to kind of hopefully launch you know, has, as a launch pad or foundation to getting that 50, 55, uh, maybe even 60% blue chip classes at a high school that you need to have. And we had a little bit of argument about this in the Tommy Nation Slack group. Uh, some people said it doesn't really matter where you get the talent right, whether it's high school or the portal. Obviously, the game has changed. You have to go into the portal at least a little bit. And I mean, their argument is persuasive. Persuasive. I do agree with that. Uh, so that's how I feel about Norvell's side. I can't really answer your question, Brian, because we can't control Napier and Florida, right? Florida is always going to recruit well. I think right now, again, like we talked about earlier, they have a better, uh, more talented roster than Florida State, right? Um, It's just how much can Norvell use wins like this one or seasons like this one now to catch up and how fast or how quickly can you catch up, right? um again we can't control whether the talent level at florida dips under billy napier we we just can't i again i think i think florida is in a better situation than what norvell walked into but i don't think anyone at this point now can even deny the results that norvell is is having so uh again i think florida state is poised to have a very fun next decade but it's it the opportunity that they have to capitalize on now In order for this rebuild to continue and for Florida State to go where Norvell wants to take it, in order to start competing for ACC titles and national titles again, you have to improve the high school recruiting. How much is up for debate based on what's in the portal? And Norvell and this staff has done an incredible job in the portal. But I'm not really worried about Florida and Napier, to be honest with you. You handle your business, right? That's That's what Norvell's preached to this team all season. You handle what you can handle. So that's that's my answer. I All stopped. Right.
3: I broke him.
0: You <laughs> I did saw John fuming when yeah. you
3: asking that question. I
1: there were, but you know what? That kid wasn't the only Florida fan tweeting stuff like that. And it's just oh, right. blows he was just my the mind. one that
3: ended up on my timeline. But right,
1: right, right. But I, I just don't understand how they get there. How do you think that game means? Oh yeah, Florida is definitely going to dominate this rivalry for the next ten years. I, do we do we live in the same physical universe i don't is there a different game that we're watching i don't understand
3: well that's the thing it, it, part of it is rivalries right because i mean like lsu loses to texas a&m this week and i've covered before on the podcast that i went to lsu my sister and her husband went to texas a&m and my uh, my my the two of them both posted something along the lines of like yeah we went five and seven this year but at least we didn't go we didn't lose to a team that was five and seven we had a better year than lsu and i'm like you were preseason number six <laughs> and we're going to the SEC title game, and you went five and seven. I mean, you didn't even right. get six wins. Like, you were preseason number six, didn't get six. And they're like, well, but we had a better year than you. And I'm like, that just doesn't make any sense. And it's just it's just what it is. You know, there's just no talking to people that way. And I think when it comes to for this, for me, and I do like, and maybe it's just me trying to overhype a media thing, having worked in media, and maybe Max will follow in my footsteps one day. But Uh, you know, I think the narrative of it helps, right? I think if you can win this year and going into next year, if you can beat them again, I don't know what Jordan's plans are. I don't know what everyone else's plans are, what this roster looks like, what your transfer portal success rate's going to look like again, as seemingly every group of five star player has put their name in the portal today. Um, (laughs) I mean, this roster could look completely different a year from now, Um, but you do have the basis of beating them once, Uh, I presumably they're losing Anthony Richardson. So they've probably got the bigger rebuilding task since he was pretty much everything for them this year. He either was the guy or he wasn't. And that was how they went. Um, you know, and I think you can, you can take a forward step earlier and continue your belt a little better. And I guess what I would say is like where you're at with Florida state, I can't imagine you get worse. And by that, I don't mean like next year, you can't go eight and four. Technically that's quote unquote worse. But your roster is likely to get better. I can't imagine the roster getting worse off of this season, right? I think you'd agree with that, John. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I mean, would. if you continue to improve the roster based on this year, yeah, I mean, eight and four or another nine and three would feel disappointing. But I think where you're progressing, if the roster continues to get better, that that is still improvement. And that's where they really need it more. I guess at the end of the day it doesn't really matter if you're eight, four, nine and three. You need to get that blue chip percentage up you need to have more depth more reliable weapons more if Akeem misses the, uh, the game his backup isn't getting picked on and forcing you into too high to just get absolutely dominated in the run game because if you try something else they're just going to throw it over your head
1: right I, I agree with that it we kind of touched on this on the last pod too, is it's really look for Dorfell's got a ton of goodwill of the four state program. right now. you just be both your rivals, right? After falling a little bit short of, of the conference championship game, but you did clinch second place, which is much better than we were last year. I think they're picked preseason by the media to finish like fifth or something in the Atlantic, uh, to that effect or whatever. Uh, the, this goal next season, and look, Norville's probably looking at an extension, right? I, I okay. want to feel how Max feels about this in a second, but Norville's almost certainly looking at an extension, right? I agree with you. The roster is almost certainly not going to be worse. Uh, your goal next season, though, isn't going to beat Florida again because Norvell's already got a big groundswell of public support in the fan base after this season. It's going to be to compete with Clemson and, and win the Atlantic. That's what I think the goal is going to be. You could do that going nine and three, especially if Clemson continues to appear to take some of these step backs, uh, these steps back. You could do that at nine and three. You could do that at eight and four, even potentially if you beat the right people or the schedule breaks the right way. So, um, you know, yeah, the roster or not the roster, the, the schedule could be worse. or the season results could be worse, but you may end up achieving more of your actual on-field goals rather than just beating your rivals. Um, and again, that, it feels really, really good to beat, stomp all over Miami and beat Florida. But the real goal you wanted was to beat Clemson and win the Atlantic. And that didn't happen, but you still have an even better chance next year.
3: Max, we've kept you quiet for a while. I'll hand you the microphone and let you take any of the topics. We just, we just
0: roll through. (laughs) Yeah. We talked about this before and we were talking about like how the fans are going to react, how the media is going to react, how different people around four state are going to, what they're going to expect from the team next year. I told John it all relies on Jordan Travis's decision. What's he gonna do? What's the the defensive line gonna look like? Things like that. But I also talked to him about the 2024 recruiting class. I think that's massive in what the future looks like for Florida State. I think you already have a good class there, and if you keep adding blue chippers there, that can just, I mean, that can just like bring you to the to to a top ten, top five team in in the nation. And I talked to him. I also talked to to John last time about Florida State's next season schedule their home schedule is extremely weak and i had the bold I had the bold take of i guess i i hope it's not recorded everywhere but i had the bold take of they should be undefeated at home next year if everything lies like Jordan Travis comes back things like that cuz it's extremely weak so when you look at their schedule they need to be somewhere around 9 and 3 or they need to be somewhere around where they are right now but i think a lot of that has to do with what they're going to do this off season. In the portal and in that 24 recruiting class. Undefeated yeah, I,
1: at home? Max, I can only climb so far, man. I'm already all <laughs> way at the top. I can't. You're telling me we're gonna go undefeated next season? That's fantastic.
3: <laughs> uh I did peek ahead to next year's schedule already, too. I, I saw I saw it earlier and I was like, you know what? It's maybe a little too early to do schedule talk. There's so much, there's so much in transfer portal declarations for the draft and uh, transfer and I already talked about that or signing day and early signing day and then late transfer windows and blah, 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 coaching changes and all the things, but yeah, it, 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 it doesn't look too bad.
1: I'm joking, but yeah, Max might be right. I mean, they might have a chance to really go undefeated at home. They're going to be good. You're right. I, Max is a hundred percent. I agree with you, Max. You're hundred percent, right. If Travis comes back, anything's on the table, including putting up more than 50, 60 points against Miami or Florida um you know nc state might take a step back wake looks like they're going to take a step back it's uh it it could shape up to even be a better season than this one
0: i also don't think anything is going to change i think they're going to hit the trench portal really hard like they always do just like we've seen this staff and i mean they're bound to hit they're just bound to hit they're they're going to have to to go for their the defensive line they're going to have to go for the offensive line get some more play in the trenches but there's going to be some talent that comes from there
3: my fear is if you don't hit right the, the we, john and i we, we, we've talked about that a couple and you've brought it up a lot during the year too is is the hit rate is extremely high at this point um you know does a slight dip in the hit rate hurt that much if they get a lot of guys back probably not
0: yeah if you get 20 to 15 guys you don't need 14 to, to 15 to be a starters or anything like that you just need kind of sp- Rotational depth pieces, some players that can come in and impact the game, like a Bethune that we've seen this season. Obviously, everyone wants those Johnson, those verses, those those pieces that are just gonna come out there and be a, a national top player that they can expect. But I think you can expect good rotational pieces and and good solid pieces, just like I go back to like a Bethune that they had this year.
1: I mean yeah I keep expecting the the hit rate to go down but I mean they've been not they've had nothing but success there I, I, again you're not going to continue to get a, a really explosive kind of edge rusher you know you can't go Jermaine Johnson to Jared Verse to some other guy who's really good to another guy another guy another guy um it just isn't going to work that way but yeah to your point you, you know Norvell's obviously had success with it and I, look I don't know about you guys but I watch all the cinematic recaps I just Right before we hopped on the pod, I watched the one they just released about Florida. It's like 20 minutes long, hundred percent worth it. Uh, Mike Norvell's post game speech after the win against uh, the Gators. Unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. If you guys, if you're listening right now and you haven't watched it, go, go hop on Twitter somewhere, YouTube, wherever they're posting that and watch that watch Norvell's uh, post game speech. And then tell me to Max's point that he's not just going to keep landing whoever he wants in the portal. I mean, Florida State is rolling right now, right? He has this program rolling, and whether or not he can up the talent level like we've talked about, we'll decide how far this this rebuild goes. But it's not it's not slowing down right now. Um, again, if you get two or three seasons of eight and four, nine and three, maybe one ten and two season, then we can start talking about, all right, well, has this program plateaued? But until then, I mean, that's just too premature. And I don't know, I mean, every kid that Norvell has coached all the way back to Memphis. Seems to to love him, and and play for him, really, really hard, and fight for him. And you watch those kinds of speeches that he gave, uh, like the one against the Florida on Friday night. And I just,
3: I don't know. That's it's a fun. It's a fun well, time. I guess it becomes a question. And then again, we're probably too deeping uh, T D deep diving on it. And, and I don't want to rain on the parade. But you know, is he is he talented at it, or is he hit? just gotten lucky to, to use a no lack of a better word on it, you know, and I, and I think it's obviously probably a mix of both. Obviously there's some skill and I think the, the coaching, the way he does it, like you mentioned, the the belief he puts in the guys and the, uh, you know, team building attitude that, that he brings is um, obviously making a difference and, and he's getting buy in. he's getting the most out of everyone he brings in, which is all you can ask for. My only concern is how far does that go when, you know, you, as evidenced by Texas A&M's greatest recruiting class in the history of planet earth where the guys are tweeting like, yeah, I went for a year to get my bag. And now I'm going to go where I actually wanted, Uh, you know, is how much of the portal is. Yeah. Norvell's a great guy. And how much of it is, do you have seven figures to go get Caleb Williams? You know, I mean, I, I wonder if that's going to end up being a hindrance at some point, but I mean, look, I can't argue with the results. I I just, I, I hope that it's able to, they're able to have that high school recruiting success you mentioned to build the base where you don't need to hit at such a high rate. If you do great and you have an amazing skill to find transfer portal success and you'll be uh, probably one of the best programs in the country. If you, if you figure out how to work the transfer portal better than everyone else, excellent. And so far it's worked. It's how they have turned the team around.
0: Right. I just think from what I've seen, the evidence that I have from Norvell evidence I have from this coaching staff is that, you are one of the best teams at recruiting in the transfer portal, and I don't see how that changes after the season that you had right now. Just like I said before, you're not you're not going out and expecting a player like Jermaine Johnson, but you are going to expect a nice starter, and you don't need to have that money to to get a player like like Caleb Williams or like the receiver that's going to come out for for Missouri or someone like that. Because like Norville said before, he focuses on the character. He focuses on, on what the the player kind of wants to do and how he's building himself and not just the name that comes out of Bama or the name that comes out of Georgia.
3: Yeah. And he's done a great job of that. I mean, he sold the, uh, he sold that pretty well. Um, Before we get out of here, I do want to talk bowl conversations. We'll know by next week where they're going, but I personally am curious where you guys uh, would like Florida State to go, maybe who you'd like to see as an opponent um i'm gonna read off some of the projections uh let's see the uh espn and 247 sports have them at the holiday bowl in san diego that's at petco park against oregon both of them have it against oregon that's on the 28th uh the cheese it bowl from college football news action network athlon and espn have them in the cheese it bowl in orlando against texas tech yahoo slash usa today have them against texas in the g bowl and then uh sporting news sports illustrated and cbs have them in the duke's mayo bowl which would be a potential mayo bath for mike norvell against minnesota so that one's in charlotte if you didn't know uh so any of those jump out anything anyone else would like to hope them end up in uh anything that is on the wish list i'm sure max has probably got something because he hopes to be there
0: I think I want nothing to do with the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Nothing to do, <laughs> nothing to do with playing Minnesota. That just, that just doesn't – I'm good on that. I want them to play one of those high-scoring teams. It's crazy to say that I'm going to stay – that's going to be one of those Pac-12 teams like Oregon or Utah. I just want to see a competition like that and what that offense can do against another offense that can just put the ball in the end zone. I think that would be really exciting to play a team like Oregon.
3: John, do you care at all? Uh, I don't.
1: Um, <laughs> it would be fun to have a re- rematch with Miami, uh, except, oh, wait, that's right. They're not going to a bowl game. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't care about bowls. I mean, I do want a good matchup. That's as far as I care. Uh, so I kind of agree with Max. Something like that would be fun. Either good offense or, uh, I you know, a couple, I think I saw a couple of projections flow to where Florida State could play South Carolina. I think that would be a fun matchup. Um, I, But overall, I don't care. I, I think the bowl game, the practices, the players getting to go for the first time in a couple of years, that's more what I care about. I just want a fun kind of good uh, exhibition game where kids don't get hurt. Um, But I care about the practices because those, though, I think those matter. Um, but the opponent, I, I don't really care. I mean, if we come out and we're playing, I don't know, Wyoming, I don't even know if they made a bowl game. Then, yeah, I'm going to be like, nah but yeah but if you know i saw so Yeah, i do kind of want an exciting matchup as for who that would be i don't care i just i'll wait and see who it is and then uh uh i mean i, I think i won one place even said ucla that would be kind of fun yeah. i i would like it to be in florida or at least the southeast because you always want your fans to travel if florida state ends up playing a bowl game in california nobody's gonna go you know um so that's that's kind of what i care about
3: couple things to consider uh one i i'm I'm, i i I would prefer a marquee opponent i think you'd like to see someone fun like oregon unfortunately kenny dillingham won't be there so that wouldn't have that fun little storyline he's at arizona state now head coach congrats to him by the way um you would have um you, you know i think oregon's probably better a more fun opponent than like a utah would be or um uh I think UCLA could be fun. DTR is a lot of fun. Him and, and Travis going up and down the field against each other could be fun. Uh, the one I really like is Texas, uh, potentially in Orlando. Um, I think Texas, obviously, having the never uh, ceasing, we're back uh, attitude, would be fun to go against. Bijan Robinson probably won't even play in the game, honestly, I guess, going to the draft. Right. But um, he's he's phenomenal. If he, if he has, uh, does play, that'd be great. Uh, but I think also in that, the the idea of playing in Orlando when that is your opener next year could be, I, I don't know how much of a familiarity you could have there, uh, but that could be something, maybe maybe makes just a slight difference. You know, maybe the fans know which hotels they want to go to, even though I'm sure they're pretty confident <laughs> on how where they want to go in Orlando. But, you know, if the team gets some slight familiarity there, that'd be great. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, but there are a lot of fun teams and, and uh, I think all of us would prefer if they had someone that was at least interesting and not a Wyoming or I see Texas tech here. I,
0: I, I don't want to see Texas tech.
3: I don't want to see Texas tech either. Now, to be fair, the one time I actually saw Texas tech play football, Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback. So, you know, that was yeah. fun. I don't think uh, the, the, the guys there are Patrick Mahomes.
1: No. Yeah, I agree. I think Texas would be fun. I'm trying to think. Who else would be fun? Old Miss, if Lane Kiffin, if he stays, they'd be fun. That'd be a shootout uh he is
3: staying he is staying he has re-upped eight years like nine million a year oh he
1: signed an extension i didn't know that Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah they would be fun let's see who else who else would be fun penn state were they any good this year
3: yeah Yeah, they're like top i think they're gonna go to like a cotton Bowl. oh okay Top 12 i think yeah
1: see it's always oklahoma they'd be fun to play did they make a bowl i'm not i'm not sure i don't think so they just lost to Texas Tech, I think it was. Yeah, they did. Oh, I, I don't think they made
0: it. Oklahoma.
3: Did you say
1: Oklahoma didn't make a bowl game?
3: I'm not sure they did. Congratulations to Brent Venables on a great first year. We're having to look up they made a bowl game. Oof. Oh, they boy. were. Come on, Internet. Six and six. There, there we go. Yeah, see, so they will. It. Yeah, they'll probably end up in, like, you know, El Paso or something. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, Florida State scored more than 40 points in four of the last five games, and the only one they didn't, they scored
3: 38. Yeah, they were great. They were phenomenal down the stretch. And I I think when we – again, I mean, we briefly mentioned it earlier, but we sat here on the bye week and talked about it, and we're like, yeah, I think four is fair. And I think we all said five is on the table, but, you know, you've got to think that they come back down to earth for one game, and they just didn't. No. Never I mean, did. most of them
1: weren't close. 41-16, 45-3, 38-3, 49-17, and then only the final game against uh, the Gators was 45-38. It was a one-score game. Everything else, you blew them all up by multiple scores.
3: And you led by multiple – you led by double digits in every single one of them, obviously, and you just – Yeah. It's just a very, very impressive run to close out the year. I mean, look, I don't know if any of the teams are really all that good, but that's that's what you needed to do to prove you were better than not all that good
1: right they they played like a top 10 team the offense over the last five games was a top five offense in the country that's how good they've been that's how good Travis has been uh so yeah any any game with another good offense or there's a shootout or there may be a really good defense to see this offense against that w- that would be kind of fun and interesting to me
3: I'm sure there's some way these last few games could fall that would actually put them in 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 the vicinity of a new year six i mean you're gonna be number 12 like you're gonna be number 11 when when the polls come out on tuesday night depending on when you listen to this right
1: like like if usc somehow fumbles the bag and they fall out of the playoffs or whatever not that it would happen but it would be fun to play them because their offense is really good and their defense is terrible Florida max State's is terrified is really of good.
3: Caleb williams i could see it on his yeah. face he was like, so he's
1: laughing. Him away." <laughs> Uh, it'd be fun, though. You know, yeah, I mean, he'll might make Florida State's defense look stupid. I don't think Florida State has a bad defense the way that USC does. Uh, but the two offenses, could you imagine a shootout? Probably end up 63 60 or something. That'd be fun. So,
3: yeah. Well, we'll find out. We'll have that information by next Sunday. Uh, I think we'll be back on Sunday, maybe Monday. I guess we'll have to see how our schedules fall out this week. Max got finals coming up soon, I'm sure. So we'll have to work around that. And of course, We'll have whatever happens this week transfer portal, coaches, whatever, God knows what. It's a week of college football, so anything can happen. Championship Saturday this week and all the things like. So that'll all be next week. But for now, it is a 45 38 season ending win over Florida. It just feels good. I stormed the field, damn it. That's a wrap.